welcome back to Here So We Don't Get Fined. My name is David. My name is Thomas. And we're back with another episode. We're back like we never left. Uh, even though we're late. Yes. Um, so Better late than never. That's true. Bam. That's true. Uh, but, anyway, we're back. We're here. I hope you enjoy listening to Thomas's voice, because this is going to be a largely Thomas podcast. Your commentary is important. I didn't say it wasn't. I'm not saying I'm not going to talk. I'm not going to be absent. Well, you're talking right now. uh, Basically, as soon as I walked in the door, Thomas was like, hey, this is my podcast. I'm doing all the talking. And I was like, all right. So uh, I have prepared absolutely zero. In fact, Thomas has intentionally not told me stuff about it so we could save conversations for the pod. Yes. So this is going to be Thomas leading the entire thing. So this is our worst pod yet. You know who to blame. You know whose fault it is. Well, let me tell you, uh, we're not pushing off soccer anymore. Three episodes in a row, we've had soccer stuff, and we so just this, haven't... Is this just going to be straight soccer? No. So it's going to be our worst pod yet. Maybe? Nothing's happening in soccer right now. Nothing's happening anywhere else either. There's more happening than soccer. Because it's transfer season. The Gold Cup? Okay, the Gold Cup is going on right now but that's not the singular only thing going on right now we have the women's world cup getting ready to kick off getting ready to kick off not kicked off getting ready why why are you why are you just sitting over there popping my bubbles popping your bubbles my balloon i don't i (laughs) you're 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 what are you talking about you're Popping my bubble, man. I need you to get away from my bubble. Bursting your bubble, I believe, is the phrasing you're like. And what happens to a bubble when you pop it? It bursts. We're saying the same thing. Just a little differently. Thomas, you don't pop a bubble and then it bursts. Popping it and bursting it is the same thing. Uh, When you. uh, Okay, a a bubble doesn't burst unless it's popped. That's just not true. Okay, prove me otherwise. You got any bubbles? No. Bubbles naturally bust? You popped mine. So I don't have any bubbles. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, anyway. Or should I say you bursted my bubble? There you go. All that alliteration. That may, yeah. That's the phrase, too. No, that's a stupid phrase. That doesn't, that doesn't feel right. You pop. It doesn't matter. That's the phrase. That's you, the idiom. You popped my bubble. Just because, like, Thomas, I understand that popping and bursting is the same thing. Okay. Right? But it's an idiom. You can't change You're the wording idiom. in an idiom to a different word because then it's no longer the idiom. It might have the same phrase or, like, the same meaning, but the phraseology is different. It is a different, it's not the idiom. The idiom is specifically this one phrase. So when you switch out one word for a synonym of that word, it is no longer the idiom. I feel like we've already established. I burst your bubble. I feel like we already established that I switch out words however I see fit. And labeling certain words a certain thing is not going to change that. So stop popping my bubble and let me talk about soccer. Oh, man. I friggin' love this podcast. I freaking <laughs> hate the English language. That's true. There's this guy on TikTok, and people always be like, why do these two things happen in English? And he'll, he'll, he just comes on and goes, because words are arbitrary and because people are complicated. That's it. That's the answer to your question. <laughs> it's like, oh, fair enough. Huh. Like, like, tough. Add an H. After the first T, it goes from tough to though. And then add an R, and it goes from though to through. It's all O-U-G-H. Why? Because words are arbitrary and because people are complicated. Well, anyways, soccer. Because <laughs> I'm not pushing it back again, especially not for semantics. I would really actually today like to talk about uh, bath towels. Bath towels are nice. Soft ones are yeah. the best. I like the the bath sheet. I'm a big the bath the bath sheet is goaded. Yeah. But like, what go to color? I mean, I don't like my favorite color is green. So I guess green. But I don't really have a go to bath towel color. 
It's maroon or die. I don't care what dries. You don't use maroon towels. We that's, live together. That's because I didn't buy them. They were bought for me. You just said maroon or die. Yeah, okay, well... Do you well, die every time you take a shower? A little. <laughs> On the inside, because I know there's not a maroon towel waiting for me. Oh, <laughs> uh, Why maroon? It's just a nice towel color. I don't... What's the... like? It, as long as you have something to dry you, what does it matter what color it is? Uh, the, the fashionality of the house. You don't... What do you mean the fashionality? You don't of wear it house, out. Of the house. No, but like when people come and they use your bathroom and they're like, oh dang, look at that towel. That guy is a man. That's not a boy. He's got, he's got grown up towels. Name one time. Ever. In the history of your life, someone has complimented you... On your bath towels. Someone that wasn't using it. Someone that was just visiting. Blair Harmon in college. She she said, wow, Thomas, I love this towel. You're a man. You're not a boy. Uh, Look at this no. maroon no, towel. No, 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 oh, my no, gosh. No, 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 no. Ravage me. No, no. She complimented our bathroom in the house in Pulaski. Because uh, we had fancy soap. We had a hand towel, and we had adult towels. Not like old, like, ah, I've had this towel since I was a kid. They were fresh, soft. Oh, so it had nothing to do with the color of the towels. It had nothing to do with the color of the towel, but that was not the parameter you set. You You're set. right. You're right. My fault. I set the bar too low. I apologize. And I walked right... Th- no, you set it so high that I just walked right through it. I don't... You don't understand that. The bar was irrelevant in your... But the bar, Thomas, it's a it's a measurement. Like you have to meet the bar. The require the bar is the requirement. You have to meet the bar, raise the bar, lower the bar. So I set the bar too low so that you could meet it. If I set the bar high enough, you wouldn't have been able to meet. But I would have just passed through underneath it. <sighs> then it be- not- then it becomes a door. Okay, but Tom, doorway. Okay, let's use let's put this in terms of sports. Patrick Mahomes set the bar. Yes. Right. Yes. No one has met the bar. Yes. Justin Fields didn't just walk through it and become the best. You have to. You have to. No, he ran through it because he's a running back playing quarterback. You have to pass the bar in order to. No, David, I I understand the term. Do you? Yes, I understand. I'm not. I'm not dumb. I was just. I was just. Playing along a bit. I understand the English that you spoke. Your bit's not working well today. Evidently not. Evidently not. Anyways, soccer. Okay? Soccer. I'm going to invent a new game where you take a bunch of socks and roll them up in balls. Rolls are soccer. And I'm going to call it soccer with S-O-C-K-E-R. Are you are you happy with yourself? I want to be real honest. I'm just trying to delay soccer talk as much as possible because I know you're really excited to get to it. The last time we talked to you, the U.S. was playing Mexico <laughs> in the CONCACAF semifinals. You sound so Canada was right playing now. Panama. Panam- <laughs> Canada beat Panama 2-0. USA beat Mexico 3-0, both sides suffering two red cards. Huge losses. USA went on to beat Canada 2-0 in the CONCACAF final with fresh new American striker Balogun making his impact on the game, scoring the second goal. So, big, big ups. But, uh, one of the one of these stories that kind of slipped through the cracks, if you will, with this defeat... To USA, Mexico has only beaten USA, I believe, once in the last four years. Or no, they've only scored one goal. Jeez. In the last four years, which like these teams don't meet up super frequently, but the the tide has shifted completely into the U.S.'s favor when it comes to this uh, national rivalry. I hope the, the tide sport. has just shifted. 
with U.S. soccer in general. It, it has. It has. FIFA currently has U.S. listed as the 13th best uh, in the world, which is a very high ranking for where we normally are. Generally, it's between those mid-40s to late-30s. That's where they generally sit. But with this last uh, World Cup run, the team impressed, and we had one clear hole and with Balogun, that hole is now filled, or at least will be filled, come the next World Cup. Heck yeah, man. So, uh, the future is very, very bright for U.S. soccer. But it's going to all come down to execution. Uh, you know, potential gets you fired, execution gets you renewed. Real quick, you just mentioned the two red cards against Mexico. Yes. Can we talk about... The BS college football rules that exist in professional soccer. If you get a red card, you're suspended for a game? Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, okay. So it's it's there's varying punishments. If you get a straight red, you're suspended for two games. If you get a double yellow, you're suspended for one game. Again. And then I think if you get five yellows, you get suspended for a game. That's so dumb. Like, okay, in football, in professional football, Mm -hmm. you get suspended for a game for so many reasons. Yeah. Right? Gambling, uh, off the field issues. Um, I mean, stuff on the field, too. Or the other. The only time you get suspended for on field issues, Mm -hmm. if you, like, were intending to hurt. Yeah. If you intentionally like put someone else in danger, it's the same in hockey. Because when you get when you do something you're not supposed to do, you get penalized. Yeah. So what's the double penalty penalty crap? Like, because then your team is getting penalized twice. You have to go man down, and you're done for two games or a game. Like, that's ridiculous. Uh, It's not like in football, in the NBA, in hockey, the only time you get suspended... Well, it's different in the NBA if you get multiple flagrants, I think you get suspended. But even still, in football and hockey, the actual dangerous sports, you only get suspended if you are putting someone else in harm's way because of your negligence or your irrationality. And I feel like that's how it should be. Like, if you if your team goes down, man, and you're playing with ten men, that's the penalty. You've already... That's your penance. That's your... You have now made your team at a... You put your team at a disadvantage. So what's with the extra game? That doesn't make any he- sense so to me. I hear at all. you. I hear you. Um, uh, that's just the, that's been the way it it's been for a long time. If it wasn't that way, though, I I find it likely that both players still would have been suspended. Given like you like it's just the. Oh, politics of being on the top of a governing body. Like, they, they they basically came as close as you can get to fighting without fighting. And okay. On an so they end, pushed each other around? <gasps> I mean, there were jerseys barely hanging on the people. Like... One guy's. I mean, not... Like, there was one guy for the U.S., but, like, it was... It got very physical, and people came running in, joining it. Like, it was... It was not a, oh, they only got suspended for, because they got a card. Like, they were, they were deserving of the suspensions. Uh, not, Maybe not all four, but at least three of them. Not what I saw. Not what I saw even remotely. There was a skirmish. There was some pushing. But that was it. Yes, someone, like, uh, I don't remember who it was. Someone's jersey got ripped. It was Weston McKinney. No one threw a punch. No one tripped anybody. No one ended up getting thrown to the ground. It was a skirmish. We've seen stuff happen in other sports and no, not even a penalty get thrown. 
Like, I understand soccer is less of a physical sport. So, like, I understand the red cards 100%. But no one got hurt. No one was threatened to get hurt. No one could have gotten hurt. I mean, I guess technically freak accidents can happen, but that can happen walking down the sidewalk. But, like, in what happened, no one was threatening physical harm to another. They were, uh, there was pushing and shoving. That was it. I mean, one guy got pushed and got yeeted. Like, he went back, like, five or six steps and fell down. I'm pretty sure. How long have you been into soccer? But the so point he probably barely you can't, touched. But him. the point is, you can't not penalize people for no, that. No, situation. I'm not saying I'm not saying they shouldn't have been penalized. The red cards were justified. I get why they gave them red cards. Yeah, but that's a ne- like like but both a suspension? sides. Both sides got a red card. That's not really a that's a smack on the wrist for a situation in a game that was already done and over. Like like was the game officially over? No, but they never they had to call the game early. Like it got out of hand. I mean, like, we can agree to disagree, but I think the suspensions were ridiculous. The fact that that's a rule in a professional league, you do a bad, you get suspended a game. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, and so, yeah, but that's just me. I mean, fair. I like, I'm not trying to make this seem like you're a crazy person. I'm just from my point like perspective you're the first person i've heard have an issue with that rule well i also i'm not like i like soccer i'll watch soccer but yeah. like, i'm not as into soccer as a lot of other people but like so my frame of reference for sports like it's sports that american is football and hockey right and unless you are intentionally trying to harm another human being you're not getting suspended for on the field play period yeah. end of story and so, like, I think, it just seems super Mickey Mouse to me to, uh, you broke the rules, you can't play next game. Like, that That just seems so kindergarten, first grade, you miss playtime, you're, you're going to sit in the classroom while everyone else is at recess. Like, that me, just is so silly to me. To me, it incentivizes not letting your emotions get the better of you. But it's soccer. That soccer is fueled by emotion and acting. It is, but like it to me, having a punishment, a baseline punishment that comes with a red card. Limits... Like if someone a punch, sure, suspend them a game. But what they did was not a. It was a. It, I wouldn't even call it a skirmish. It was a little bit of pushing around. It was a very soccer fight, quote unquote. It was a bunch of guys yelling real loud, not actually doing anything. I, I mean, I, I, we're just on different sides of the coin. Obviously. You know? Yeah. But we still got we still got a fair bit to cover. But uh, USA won the CONCACAF Cup. They're now in the Gold Cup. Uh, played their first game in their group stage against Jamaica. Is the CONCACAF? It, what did I say? CONCACAF. Oh, sorry. CONCACAF. That is correct. Uh, They are now playing in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. They just finished the CONCACAF Cup. Now they're in the CONCACAF Gold Cup. I don't know what the exact differences are. I think it's a more open. This tournament is a more open tournament. World Cup style tournament with uh, North America and South American teams. But I could be mistaken on that. But we're playing St. Vincent's, which I think is a Central Latin American team. I've never heard of that country, but uh, played Jamaica, got a late equalizer to salvage the draw, salvage the point. Uh, It should be pretty easy sailing for the rest of the group stage, as it appears the U.S. are matched up with two other small countries in addition to Jamaica. But on to club soccer. As I mentioned earlier, it's the transfer season. St. Vincent is in the Caribbean. Oh, Caribbean, Caribbean, excuse me. Uh, But transfer season is in full effect. The big domino of the summer has already happened with Messi going to enter Miami and the MLS. But that doesn't mean there's not other news to talk about. 
Sticking inside the U.S., uh, former Messi teammate Sergio Busquets and former Barcelona legend is announced that he will be joining Messi in Miami. And this is the early indicators of the Messi effect in the MLS. It looks like there will be more players in the next year or two who will be flooding the U.S. market with their services. This is why I think Messi's impact on the MLS is going to be significantly greater than David Beckham's was. Yeah. Because, like, David Beckham was great. When he joined the MLS, it did skyrocket in popularity. But nobody, like, I don't know any, I mean, I don't know any professional athletes, period. But I certainly have never heard of a professional athlete saying, I want to be like David Beckham. Right. Right? Like, like LeBron wore 23 because of Michael. Uh, there are Anthony Davis, same thing, because of Michael. There are people who wear numbers because of LeBron. There are people who are passionate about baseball because they loved Babe Ruth. There are people who play football because of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Like, people play soccer because of Messi. Well, yeah, but people... There are professional athletes who have dedicated their life to this path and this career because of Lionel Messi. I mean, people you, aren't going to come to the ML, go to the U.S., leave the league that they're in to go to this lesser, smaller, not as much viewership, probably not as much money league because David Beckham came here. But when Messi comes here, people say, oh, maybe there's something to the MLS. Maybe we will make our, the journey across the pond, if you will. And I think that, I think Messi has much more of that effect. And that's not, okay, there, I'm probably being hyperbolic there. There's probably not no one who is a professional athlete because of David Beckham. Like, I'm sure he inspired plenty of young people. I mean, David Beckham at one point was the premier English play, like English yeah. athlete. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sure he inspired a lot of people, but like, <laughs> not nearly to the reach of Messi. Right, right. But uh, that will be definitely an exciting thing to keep an eye on, as Enter Miami has already become the most popular American team in the world, at least by social media standards. They have the most following of any team in any of the other major league sports with the signing of Messi. So uh, definitely can't wait to see, like we see what happens a few weeks in. Let's see what happens a year in, you know. But uh, going over across the pond, if you will, to England... Uh, Mason Mount has agreed the terms to play for Manchester United, but now Chelsea and Manu are struggling in negotiations. And let me tell you, Chelsea is going to have an interesting summer. They have a lot of players on roster. They have a lot of decisions to make, and they got to find a way to pull their franchise or club back into the green after spending nearly 600 million pounds in the last year more than half of that being spent in january can you imagine spending 600 million pounds on players in one calendar year david i can't imagine 600 pounds or 600 million pounds yeah i just can't imagine that period like that's a lot of dinero yeah a whole lot of dinero uh some of it has been great some of it has not been great and uh one thing's for certain, this roster is going to look tremendously different. Uh, not just as Mason Mount looking to be on his way out, but Kai Havertz, a recent big spend, looks to be on his way out. He's been linked with Bayern, Real Madrid, other big clubs. He's a stud cam. Uh, Edu- Eduard Mendy is available for any suitable offer, and it looks like he's going to be joining Saudi Arabia. Uh, those are three key, or sorry, two, yeah, no, three, Mason Mount. Three key players that are going to be leaving that roster, and they're not the only ones. Uh, they also signed in the last, in that 600 million pound uh, splurge, they signed uh, Koulibaly for 38 million pounds. He's a strong center back, but he's already been sold for 20 pounds, so... They instantly took a 18 million pound loss there. They have Aubameyang, who has clearly lost a step, might also be on his way out, joining Koulibaly in Saudi Arabia. And then they bought Raheem Sterling, who is still very serviceable. He's still very good. He's just not that elite talent he was while at City. 
I mean, Father Time remains undefeated, if you will, unless your name is Tom Brady, in which case he's got he's got life hacks. He's got the cheat codes. Um, um real quick, tell me. I've been doing some googling. <clears throat> yeah. What the U.S. just won was the Concacaf Nations League Championship. Okay. What we're currently in is the Concacaf Gold Cup. The CONCACAF Cup, or the CONCACAF Championship, is what preceded the Gold Cup. Okay. And the CONCACAF Cup was only a one-time thing. It happened once. I think the U.S. won. I don't remember. It was in 2015. The difference between the CONCACAF Gold Cup and the CONCACAF Nations League is it's like a... It's like the... The CONCACAF Nations League is like the Champions League. Okay. It's a league. But I... From what I understand, and I... Could very well be wrong. It's the same teams every time it's played. Makes sense. There, it, it says there was a one-time qualifier in 2019. So it sounds like there was this massive qualifier and only those teams, boom, they're in the CONCACAF Nations League. And yeah. they play every year for the league championship. And then the Gold Cup is like an international tournament for... The countries in uh, North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. I got you. Okay. Sorry. So I may- just we asked about that earlier. I yeah. did googling. I got lost in it. I am fully focused on you now. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate all the attention, but uh, <clears throat> that makes sense on that because uh, it like our. This is basically our equivalent to, like, the Euros, but the Euros are more exciting because the other countries that, like, can make it in or might not make it in, like, they have a bigger population, so there's more variety in the players that they uh, develop yeah. every year. I knew there was you know? a European equivalent, but I forgot and what it's it was a, called. It's a lot bigger of a deal. Yeah. Is it the Europa League? Uh, no. Or Euro- the Euros is different? It's the Euros. Okay. The Europa League is like Great Value Champions League. It's gotcha. the uh, version below gotcha. that. Gotcha. Which uh, I believe Chelsea is the only team to have ever won the Europa League and the Champions League in the same season. Hmm. There's uh, a fun fact for fun you. Fun fact. Pat McAfee was talking to some soccer guy one time. Yeah. He was like, what are they going to invite the U.S. to the Europe's? And he goes, uh, well, the U.S. isn't in Europe. So I would assume never. never. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was very funny. But uh, anyway, sorry. I got us off track. Back to what you were saying. So uh, I was mentioning the three veteran signings that Chelsea made in the last year of Aubameyang, yeah. Koulibaly, Sterling. Yeah. All three appear to have lost a step. Two of them might be on their way out, all three potentially, and they're going to take losses on all three of them. And that's not great for a team that's needing some big money moves to get back into the green. Didn't Chelsea, like, just miss relegation this year too? No, they were... They were hover- they were there for a lot longer than they should have been. Oh, okay. But they were securedly in um, mid-table. Oh, okay. But they they had. But at a, one point they were in relegation. Yeah, at one point they scored one goal in a month. So, oh yeah, April. Yeah, so yeah, I remember that. like it, it's been a tough season for them, but they've uh, they've they've brought they've made some good purchases too. Uh, they brought in Yao Felix, twenty four year old center forward from Atletico Madrid, uh, valued at seventy million pounds. They got him in on a loan. Looks like they will be securing a more long term move for him they brought in carney chukawamenka from aston villa for 18 mil he is a very promising talent that with the right development that a team a club like chelsea that has the facilities has the money can really uh take advantage of or ensure good development if he can play soccer Mm -hmm. half as good as his name is he was listed as for Aston Villa as the next Jack Grealish type talent, and then they lost Jack Grealish and him in the same like six months. It was great, great, great. Idea for a segment. Tell me. We each do independent research, and we come and debate who has the top five best names in all the sports. Oh, that's a good idea. It's gonna be real hard to beat Haha Clinton Dix. 
that's good. That's gonna be a good. It's yeah. gonna be real hard to beat Haha ha Clinton Dix for me. Put that. Put that on the list. Yes, I will. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, but they also signed uh, Mudrick, who is a very, very highly hyped Ukrainian winger. Uh, got in some trouble with Joey Swole calling him out on his TikTok page at one <laughs> point. But outside, Wait, isn't Joey Swole the dude that's like, "Hey, don't be a gym dick." Yeah. But, I mean, he's, he's a kid. He's going to make dumb. He's going to do dumbs. These people are trying to better themselves and you're making them feel like crap. Uh, but they brought you in... Suck. I love that guy. They brought in Mudrick for 70 million pounds. They brought in Wesley Fofana from Leicester for 80 million pounds. And they brought in Enzo Fernandez, a star wonder kid center defensive mid for 121 million pounds. That's the first guy I've heard of since you said Aubameyang. That, that you knew? That I've heard of. <laughs> Uh, so like this is one of those things where it's kind of a interesting approach where all their purchases the last year seem very uh, future rewarding, not so much present rewarding, but again high promise with a bunch of future first teamers who look like they could all hit their prime at the same time. So, so here's a question. Here's an answer. Is this possibly? Like, Chelsea spent time in the relegation zone this year. Mm-hmm. They finished middle of the table. Yeah. Is they're getting rid of three of their top players who, like you they're said... Getting rid of, they're getting rid of a bunch of players. Yeah, who, like like you said, have missed a spot. Or yeah. missed a step, for sure. Mm-hmm. But still, they're top players. And they're bringing in these young guys for their future. Could this potentially risk them falling into that relegation zone and staying there? I don't think it'll get that bad. Because, like, even though they're going to be... They're having to sell off a lot of players to uh, refill the bank. There's still like a they can. It's not so much like hey the owner's out of money, more than hey we have to get within financial fair play. So like, if they get into the green, that's got to be the priority this for the summer window if they get into the green the window closes in the first half of the year it's tough they'll open the floodgates in january like they did this past season but instead of making moves for the future they'll be more let's get someone in here now uh but it even like it it looks like a fire sale of sorts is occurring so like players like mount pulisic even has even has been linked really Anyone not bought in the last 12 months who was under 22 has been linked with a move away. I recently got an update that some team in uh, was either Serie A or League One is really interested in Pulisic right now. I did. I just got that. Yeah, I was got it that. One? I think it was League One. I think I think it was the Italian Serie A. That, oh, that's Serie A. Yeah, I think it was. What is League One? Is that Spanish? That is French. League One is French. Yes. What's Spanish? Like Spain? La Liga. La Liga, yeah. Uh, But uh, Chelsea's going to be interesting to see. Uh, They're not the only Premier League team that's going to be interesting. It looks like Kyle Walker will be leaving City for Bayern. And (laughs) Ike Gundogan will be leaving City for Barcelona. What we expect from championship teams, they kind of get picked apart by the vultures. They start circling, trying to recapture some of that inspiration on their roster. And the best way to do that is to get someone who went through it recently, who it's fresh for. And securing a treble is definitely one way to uh, establish momentum within your roster. And I'd be looking to pick a city piece if I could, if I was a manager. And then lastly, our last soccer bit today, and then we get on to the hockey. Oh, there is more than soccer. Yeah? I was being sarcastic. Well, no. Was that not? I thought, I said earlier, I said, is this entire podcast soccer? And you said, no. Oh, I yeah. thought you were being sarcastic there, and you were saying no. What? I don't know, man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Arsenal and Declan Rice. This is going to be a developing story all summer, as Declan Rice has been given the green light to leave West Ham to presumably go to Arsenal. But we just have, it's the same thing as Mason Mount with Man United. It feels like the club and the player have 
agreed the terms. Now it's just time for the clubs to find a price that they agree upon. Uh, Arsenal's opening bid of £90 million was rejected by West Ham due to the amount of clauses it uh, included. Some of those have not been released, but it has become a crazy meme throughout the soccer world of 30 clauses that range from what the team president has for lunch on the third day of the year to... It is, it's become a gigantic meme. It's hilarious. It's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Uh, if Arsenal will back down on the clauses a little bit. Generally a sell-on clause or a winning the Premier League clause, that's pretty standard. But when you start adding more than that, it gets a little out of hand fast. Declan is also a very cool name. It is, it is, it is. But... That's it for our soccer stuff. We got a bunch of hockey stuff. Stuff? Hockey stuff. A bunch of hockey stuff? A bunch of hockey stuff to talk about today. That was my Sean Connery. Well, that was your Sean Connery? Not actually. That just felt like the right name to say there. Sean Connery doesn't have whatever accent. You just did. This is Sean Connery. Oh, this is Sean Connery. My name's Bond. James Bond. James Bond. Bound. 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 Uh, Listen, Aiden Hill is bound back to Vegas after signing a two-year extension that will pay him 4.9 mil a year. Good. That's a great deal for both parties. I just hope he doesn't suffer the same fate as Braden Holpe or... um, I just had his name in my head, man. Uh, Pittsburgh goalie, Matt Murray. Yeah. Um, goes, wins the championship, plays out of his mind, and then just does nothing but disappoint the next season. Yeah. I really hope Aiden Hill does well because he played just, I mean, lights out in the entire Stanley Cup. Not only uh, did he obviously lead the team to a win, uh, but or to a Stanley Cup victory, but... Uh, was the best goalie in the entire playoffs. Yeah. And that includes a lot of really good goalies. So, uh, good on Aiden Hill. I hope he can continue to be successful in the regular season as well. I think this is a. I think this is a good realistic deal for both sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, one Aiden Hill doubled his cost by winning the Stanley Cup at minimum. Yeah. Uh, and two, it's a two-year deal, so it's a little bit more than a prove-it deal. It gets Aiden Hill paid for the effort that he put in, and it gives Vegas the open-endedness of not being on the hook for a long-term contract. Yeah, two years is kind of wild in hockey. uh, It is. It's also kind of wild for Vegas, and I think we might. This might be what we'll see more of, not necessarily trying to get the most out of each deal but making deals that are good for both you and the players. Yeah. They'll have to be a bit more intentional with how they negotiate based on the reputation that they've earned. But ultimately, I suppose it was worth it because if you win the cup, who cares, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great deal for both parties. Uh, another good deal for both parties came out of Arizona. The Coyotes trading a second-round pick to the Los Angeles Kings for defensive player Sean Jersey. 24-year-old, had 38 points in 72 games last year. This is going to be a good piece that they need to kind of help fill the hole left by Jacob Chicharin, the, pe- the long-time piece that they finally shipped off during the season last year. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy, but um, doesn't Arizona suck? Arizona does suck, but getting players like this, it goes a long way. And they have a stud in their pipeline uh, named Dylan Gunther. Like, I'm just saying, like, it's nice to fill one hole, but when you have, like, when you're in a boat that is sinking and has 49 holes in it, Mm -hmm. filling one isn't going to do you much good. Uh, to me, this is them just trying to solidify their foundation for when their prospects hit finally hit the ground. So they have a lot of good prospects? They, I mean, they have a lot of high promise prospects. It's going to ultimately come down to development. Uh, and that's an area that they have struggled in. But uh, that all 
the ninth overall pick that they got in exchange for Oliver Ekman Larson, they hit super hard on that pick. So, speaking of, uh, Oliver Ekman Larson has been officially bought out by the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I believe three years after that trade, uh, Vancouver got impatient after a promising run in the bubble. And rather than wait a year for their seven horrendous contracts to expire and then them go from being the most cash-strapped team to the least cash-strapped team in an era where cap space is worth twice its weight in gold, uh, they rushed the process a little bit, shipped off eight of those contracts to Arizona for the worst contract in the league in Oliver ekman Larson. Eight? They traded eight players for all Oliver ekman Larson? I And Connor Garland. And I, I think it was actually like five five players and three picks and those five players were they were all bad contracts but they all only had like a year left except for one which had two but like it was a bad trade at the time it was one of those trades where it's like you just gotta trust the process bro i gotta be honest when i think i got i've got to be honest golly i can't talk today i've got to be honest Mm -hmm. when i think of bust in the nhl i often think of oliver ekman larson he wasn't a bust Um, no, you're right. I'm thinking of Nail Yak Pop. Yeah. Never mind. OEL, OEL was a really solid player who just lost it. You're right. I'm thinking of Nail Yakupov, also yeah. Edmonton. And like uh, that's just the thing for those more offensive defensemen. Very rarely do they are do they remain that guy yeah. their entire career. They're kind of like running backs in the NFL where like they can go from being just incredible to looking like they've lost it, and then you get, like, a little flicker occasionally. Like, take Eric Carlson, for example. He was an elite offensive defenseman. He leaves Ottawa, and he looks like... He looks like uh, Todd Gurley. End of career Todd Gurley, as opposed to beginning career Todd Gurley. And granted, he kind of recaptured form this past season. I personally don't believe that that was... Uh, real, I guess. Like, not real as in, like, it didn't happen, because it did. He had an incredible season. I think that he just caught form at the right time when the team had no one else who could produce offense. Well, like, someone's got to like, score. That's what I was going to say. He was on a bad team. Yeah. Like, a really bad team. And <laughs> and someone like, someone's going to get the points. Yeah, like, it's not like he did this on Vegas or on Colorado or yeah. on Carolina. Yeah, Uh, but that's not the only trade. Nashville trading Ryan Johansson to Colorado for Alex Galchenyuk in a rare interdivision trade. Yeah. Uh, One of these players is significantly better than the other, but that same player is paid significantly more than the other. And is older. I gotta be honest, dude. I, I I know he's bad. I know he's bad. I love Alex Galchenyuk, though. I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. We got rid of a really bad contract, although we're retaining 50%, so we didn't really get rid of it. Um, hey, but that's, that's an extra two mil in cap space. I think Galchenyuk at least had, like, he can still get better. Wait, we're retaining 50% and yeah. all we got was Galchenyuk? Yeah. Did you not know that? No. <laughs> yeah. We're no. retaining 50% of Johansson's contract. That's a bad trade. Yeah. That is a bad trade. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. But again, oh, I don't that's hate a, it. That's a bad trade. I don't hate getting rid of Joey, getting rid of at least four and a half million dollars. That's just four. Uh, oh, is he only paid eight? Mm-hmm. Who's paid nine? Is that Duchesne? Uh, yes. Duchesne and Joey both make eight. Did Subban make nine? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, getting rid of $4 million, we're getting a player like Alex Galchenyuk, who is uh, He's a younger weird. than Ryan Johansson. Alex Galchenyuk. So is... he has more potential to develop than Johansson, and Johansson is, like, he hasn't played a full season since 2017. No, and I would say Gouch is what he is. Expecting that third overall pick is just going to expect sorrow. What a bad top three in the draft that was. Yakupov, Murray, Galchenyuk. Or was... Matt Murray? Ryan Murray. Oh. Defenseman for the Blue Jackets. 
no, uh, Gao Chenyuk is, I love him, partly because I was a huge fan of his play in juniors, uh, but he's a very solid bottom, bottom two line forward. Just, it's one of those things, though, where he's kind of been unfairly judged a lot in his career because for some reason he can't shake those expectations. Like, generally when players come in and they're kind of a bust, after a couple years they're like, ah, he's a bust. Update. He's only like a year and a half younger than Joey. But for some reason, Gauchenyuk hasn't been able to shake that, like, he still has enough flashes that, like, you kind of hold your breath a little bit at first and you're like, is it finally going to click, you know? Is he finally going to break out onto the scene? And then it's met with disappointment. But if you go into it with a more realistic idea, I guess, if you will, of what to expect, then it's a fine addition. I think the most success he's had was coming when he played in the fourth line in Toronto, and the expectations weren't out of hand. They weren't. They were what they were. If you will, yeah, I, I will say, um, I don't know. I think I'm a little more disappointed in this trade than I was at the beginning because I thought Galchenyuk was like three or four years younger than Johansson. Yeah, I didn't realize Joey was only thirty, and Galchenyuk is twenty nine. So like, the answer there. The question not is great. How much is $4 million in cap space worth to you this year? Yeah. And unfortunately, cap space is worth a lot more than it usually is. So, you're like, this isn't the last trade like this we see this summer. Uh, speaking of, Boston making a trade, a confusing trade. At first confusing, but then less confusing, but still kind of confusing. Uh, Boston trades Nick Feligno. And Taylor Hall to the Chicago Blackhawks for pending free agents Ian Mitchell and Alec Regula. Uh, both are under 26. Feligno? Feligno? Felino. Felino. What'd I say? You don't, you're pronouncing the G. Was I really? You said Feligno first, and then you said Feligno. Oh my gosh. I'm losing it. It's just Felino. Felino. Nick Felino. <laughs> Uh, to Chicago, and let me tell you, at first this trade did not make sense to me for a number of reasons. One, because a team like Boston, who was historically good, you would think would want to hold on to a player like Taylor Hall, who's maybe taken a step back offensively, but has taken leaps forward defensively, and he's on a great contract Yeah, uh, with term. Uh, and then I understand trading away the rights for Nick Felino because you are probably cap-strapped, and that's that, that was a luxury, and now it's not. Uh, giving Making this trade gives them significantly more cap space, and they do have players to re-sign. I'm just not sure that trading Taylor Holloway so that you can re-sign Bergeron and David Krejci is the right move to make for the longevity of your window. Yeah. And then on the other side, if you're Chicago, you suck. Why are you getting players of this caliber? But they're likely to draft Connor Bedard. And it may come across that drafting Connor Bedard is all it takes to put your team into the playoff conversation. Why not surround him with some proven vets to kind of help nurture his development and his not just on the ice but off the ice as a professional well and we saw how good Connor mcdavid was his rookie year right yeah uh and this kid is supposedly the best prospect since Connor mcdavid mm-hmm. now imagine he comes into the league he's as good as Connor mcdavid is yeah and he's actually surrounded by good talent, unlike Connor McDavid was in Edmonton when he was first drafted. It could so, be a good good thing for Chicago. He's coming in with all the talent, but now Chicago has put the same amount of talent, but now Chicago has put a lot more pieces around him, good pieces, than Edmonton had when they drafted Connor. So, like, McDavid, not... <laughs> They're both named right, Connor, right. I just realized. Uh, Connor McDavid. And so, I agree, unfortunately, this does seem like something that could be great for uh, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. 
so I got a little bit of draft stuff that I got to get through. But I got one more trade to talk about. I don't know anything about the NHL draft. Don't worry. I got you, dude. I got you. Uh, what if I told you Tony D'Angelo was unhappy? Good. Yeah? That would make you happy? Yes. Happy camper? Uh, well, Tony D'Angelo is unhappy right now. I prefer you tell me he was found. And that's bitch. because the collective bargaining agreement in place is currently preventing a trade back to the Carolina Hurricanes for the current Flyer defenseman. There's a weird rule in there. that uh, Let me tell you the intention of the rule, because that will make explaining it a lot easier. That if you're a racist piece of crap, you can't pick where you want to go? That is not the rule. Oh. The rule is there to prevent a team from, let's just use for example, I am a team, I am team A, you are team B. Okay. This rule is in place to prevent me from going, hey, team B, I'm going to trade you a player for the purpose of you trading that player back to me with you retaining salary. So I get the player that I had on my roster originally for less of the cost. That is the intention behind the rule. Uh, retained salary is a big part of this trade. Okay, but question. Answer. You just said there's a rule to prevent that from happening. Yes. But we have seen trade, like it's legal to trade part of a player's contract. Yes. That's the exact same thing. It's different because... But with less moves. It's different because it's, it's designed to prevent a... Uh, team like Tampa from getting keeping the services of their of the player but for less of the contract in that situation that player is moving on to a different team one a third team is just absorbing part of the contract for smaller compensation so like Tampa Bay couldn't be like I'll trade you a third-round pick if you pay 50% of Stamkos' contract. Exactly. They cannot do that. Correct. Okay. So okay. Uh, they have to basically wait it out. You have to, You cannot acquire a player on a retained, in a retained salary trade who was counting against your books within the most recent 12 months. Gotcha. So that means even if you got a rental and that player uh, did not re-sign with you and he signed with a new team and then the the next December that team approached you with a trade, you could not ask for retained salary as gotcha. a part of that trade. Gotcha. There's some weird nuances. Like, uh, for for example, I should have mentioned this earlier, when the every team only gets three buyout slots... You can only have three active buyouts at a time. Really? Yeah. Uh, and due to some of these nuances, these kind of change positions. So the Canucks bought out Oliver ekman Larson, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, because of how the CBA and the contract is, that does not go against one of their buyout spots. It goes against one of Arizona's. Isn't that, isn't that funny? That's stupid. It's very unique, to say the least. Uh, and, you know, I think I might push off the NHL draft stuff for our next episode. Because the NHL draft is Wednesday. So what better day to talk to you about the draft than the day the draft is? Isn't that in Nashville? It is. It is. It sure is. Let's go. Uh, and it looks to be exciting. Very exciting. Uh, I will tell you this. The, cur- the common belief around the league is that this draft is deeper than the McEichel draft. I don't know if that is good or bad. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it's exciting. For... Was that draft deep? Uh, I mean, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty deep. I mean, there were a couple of uh, there were a couple of misses. I believe Griffin Reinhardt was, or Dylan Strom was a. He was the third overall pick that year. A lot of people forget about. But Dylan Strom's pretty good. He's pretty good, but he's not third, third overall pick. Yeah. Uh, he does have 235 points, though, in 354 games. So, like, that's nothing to sneeze at. But Mitch Marner was in that draft. Uh, Timo Werner. Miko Rantanen. Dang, yeah, it's pretty deep Zach Werneski. Thomas Shabbat. Kyle Connor. 
Barzell, Brock Besser. Like it was a pretty it was a pretty good draft. It was a pretty deep draft. That's what I meant earlier when I said like I don't know what that means. I I didn't know if this one was deep. So like, Yeah, yeah. I mean it was very uh there were a lot of misses, but there were a lot of hits too. I mean Sebastian Aho was also in this draft. Uh Anthony Sorelli. Like there were there there are guys in this draft. Which although, Sebastian Aho? Carolinas. The good one. Kind of crazy to me if there's two Sebastian Ajos. It is, it is. It doesn't seem like a common name. You want to know what's even crazier? What's that? Uh, Mark Strom scored a hat trick in the game in the Stanley Cup deciding game. Mark Stone? Mark Stone, what'd I say? Mark Strom. Um, there's no... we were just talking about Dylan yep. Strom. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Mark Stone, sorry, scored a hat trick in the uh, Stanley Cup deciding game. Correct. The first time that's happened in 112 years. Yep. Uh, what do you know about the guy who also, the, the last guy, 112 years ago, who I know scored? exactly one thing. What's that? He played hockey. That's a, I mean, that's a good thing to know. I that's, mean, two things. He won a Stanley Cup. Yeah, yeah. I believe he won a couple. Uh, he was born on May 13th. Did you know that? I did not. You My dad know? was born on May 13th. And so was Mark Stone. Oh. So I, I think it, I th- I just find it a little amusing that the last player and the most recent player to score Stanley Cup or hat tricks in a Stanley Cup deciding game were born on the same day. They share they share a birthday. I'm gonna tell my dad to try out for hockey. You should you should maybe he'll score a hat trick in the Stanley Cup. He has a heart problem. He can't play hockey. I mean, fair. You t- it takes a lot of heart to win. I meant more getting hit oh. than him dying. Oh. <laughs> than not having a oh. heart to play. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, that is kind of wild, though. Uh, speaking of Mark Stone, you want to hear something that's kind of wild? He was drafted in 2010. 13 years ago. Why is that wild? It's just like the perception of time in hockey is so different because of like how long it takes ath- like players to develop. Yeah. How old is Mark Stone? 30? 30, 31. Freshly 31. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, he's still going to be good for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Golly. Yeah, he could be. He's still, he, honestly, given his, like, injury history, I could see him being good another four, four or five years. Solid. Being elite. Uh, there also was a stat that ESPN released that was wrong, and it made me feel super smart because I outsported ESPN. What was the stat? Uh, they released a stat that Mark Stone was the first ever original captain of a team to captain that team to a Stanley Cup victory, and that is incorrect. Mark Stone is not the first captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. He was the second. Who was the first? Derek Engelblad. They took him in the expansion draft from Pittsburgh. He was a Vegas native. And I, I think it was Engelblad, but I could be mistaken on the name. It was a very not relevant player who was there for a year. He was the captain? He was the first captain. They He, he was the first pick they announced in their expansion draft because he was from Vegas. That doesn't make him a captain. Well, they like, like they made it a whole thing. They gave him the C and all that. Like there was a whole spectacle to kind of, What I assume it only happened was the intent was to drive uh, interest in the league or in the team. This says Mark locals. Stone was the franchise's first official captain. I'm telling you that is incorrect. This says they didn't name a captain until 2021. Nay, officially name a captain. I'm telling you, dude, Derek Engelblad. I'm gonna listen. I don't know about you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you uh, I'm gonna you decide gonna, to end the pod because you're wrong. I don't. I'm gonna go look this up. We'll <laughs> we'll address it before the draft. Uh, David will be apologizing to me, or I'll be apologizing to you. Derek but, Engelblad was an assistant captain. 
2019, and 2019-2020. I believe there's more to this story. He was never a captain. I they did believe... not name a captain until the 2020-2021 season, and it was Mark Stone. I believe there's more to this story than meets the eye. He was an assistant captain. I don't know who you believe between me or David. Don't believe me. Believe the internet. The internet? Believe EliteProspects.com. The internet has a, an agenda, and they lie. Because they're lying liars. Wikipedia uh, also confirms. Okay, I can go on to Wikipedia directly following NHL. this and change it. What do they know about hockey? This is an article from 2020. Mark Stone officially named first ever captain of the Vegas Golden Knights. I refuse to believe it. This is NHL.com. I refuse to believe it. I am the authority. <laughs> When it comes to hockey. This is HockeyReference.com. A I list the, of all Vegas the, Golden Knights you, captains. You, Mark Stone, you, Mark Stone, and Mark you, Stone. You will respect my authority. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. I don't know if you believe David's shenaniganery. Uh, I don't know if you guys just know, like, know just how amazing it is to get something on Thomas and him throw a fit about it. It's I'm not, amazing. I'm not throwing a fit. I'm just trying to wrap this up. I don't know what your favorite flavor of ice cream is. Uh, I don't know if it's pistachio, but you're wrong. Pistachio is fantastic. But listen, I don't know about you, but uh, we're, we're just, just here, here so we don't get, get fined. fined.